Hello and welcome to Braveheart Conversations, where we learn the art of love through brave and compassionate conversations. I'm Jillian Aurora. And I'm Marie Wallace. And we are your hosts today. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to Braveheart Conversations. Thank you for joining us this morning. I am Jillian Aurora and I'm here with my co-host today, Marie Wallace. Good morning. And, and we, no tech issues this morning. I know. It's like, well, I mean, I had... Yeah. Well, yeah, we had a little bit this morning, but not Hopefully here. We got you. them all out of the way. <laughs> um, okay, so, yeah, I'm super excited to be joining you again this week. Thank you from wherever you are joining us. If you want to see us live every week, we are here every Thursday morning. You can find us on our Facebook group. Where uh, you can find us at facebook.com slash groups slash Braveheart Conversations. And then you can also find us on Spotify, Podbean, and iTunes, pretty much anywhere there's podcasting. And um, anyway, so we're just very thankful from wherever you are joining us. And today we're excited to talk about self-worth. So this has been coming up um, a lot for both Marie and I as we've yes. been coaching is this whole idea of like, okay, I understand more about what self-worth is, but how? How do I practice it? How do I do it? So for me in particular, I had posted something about uh, loving our bodies and um, not wanting to base our worth on, you know, go get plastic surgery and then you'll feel more <laughs> worthy, right? Because yeah. um, I feel like that's marketed a lot. If you just change yourself this way or you get fit or you have your perfect bikini body, then you'll feel good about yourself. And I think it's... Catch that a, man! <laughs> it's such a lie. That's not what creates self-worth. It is not. So I believe it's the other way around. When I love myself, I take care of myself. So I don't go to the gym because I hate my body. I go to the gym because I love my body and I love to challenge it and I love to feel it moving. And um, I eat healthy food, not because I hate my body, but because I love my body. And so I'm going to nourish it. And I think this is a really key um, thing to point out in self-worth because we have really been sold this lie that if you just reach this level of perfection, then you'll feel great about yourself. And unfortunately, what I've seen is people who do follow that line of thinking, it's never good enough. So, you know, they'll get all the plastic surgery. They'll, you know, have the perfect body and and all the things, but it doesn't actually create self-worth. They still always feel like there's something else that they have to achieve. And what I really want to make sure you all understand today is that self-worth is not an achievement. It's not something that you accomplish. It's something that you are recognizing you already have. So what I wanna talk about today are the action steps, the things that uh, the how, right? People say, well, how do you love yourself? How do you create that feeling of, um, or the acknowledgement of your self-worth or the feeling of self-love? And for me, what I feel very passionate about is action. So action will always, um, you know, the proof is in the pudding, as yeah, they say. It's results-oriented. <laughs> um, when I love myself, I take very specific actions. And... That is, it's kind of a both and, it's the whole chicken and the egg kind of a mm -hmm. scenario. When I practice self-love, my thoughts change, you know? Um, so 
you may not feel self-loving, but if you still are taking the action towards self-love, the feelings will follow. And then, you know, as you build the feelings, then you take more action. It's, it's this very um, cyclical relationship. So Marie, I don't want to hug. <laughs> oh, you're not, you're not, you're not. So okay. how do you feel about self-worth and practicing it and really like developing self-love? Well, for, you know, it, it is a practice. And like you were saying, it, the good part about it is when you practice it, it's something that that's action oriented, very much so. And there's little practices that you can do every day, even if you don't believe it yet. And I don't, I don't like to say the fake it till you make it because to me, you don't want to be fake about it, but you do have to kind of maybe just, just practice some things. So one of the things that both Joe and I had a counselor, um, each on an individual basis before we met and all the counselors will have you look in the mirror and just say, I love you. And sometimes it comes out like, I love you. And your head is down and, and you don't feel it yet. So what you were saying, but with daily practice, pretty soon you go, well, I love this thing about me and I love this thing about me. And then you start, and I think it also focuses on what you do have. So the focus is more on the positive. What do I love about myself? And I can come from that perspective a little bit more than the, all the things wrong with me because we're always going to have something that we don't like about ourselves, right? Yeah, you know? totally have this hair that stands up or you know a wart I don't know <laughs> what's interesting though is the more I practice self-love the more things even the flaws I can love about myself mm -hmm. you know um for me so I, sometimes people will challenge me you can call it character right totally yeah <laughs> or like sometimes I can I can identify how I love uh people's flaws right I I will appreciate those things more because like that adds to their who they are mm -hmm. and what I love about them or how they hold themselves with confidence mm -hmm. even if um, even if it flies in the face of what we've been told um, in the media or whatever we think a perfect I don't know body or person or whatever it is and I really appreciate when someone walks in confidence even though they don't fit the mold or the box and um, I also see like I, I did a couple of bodybuilding competitions and I think the the thing that that people would misunderstand is that I'm trying to seek a level of perfection and therefore like oh, I, you know yeah. I'm trying to fit the box. But what was interesting about that whole process for me was so many confronting beliefs that came up. So acknowledging some of the flaws, <laughs> right? Um the fact that in a woman's body, like, I have cellulite. Even in a bodybuilding competition, <laughs> I have cellulite. And really, like, being able to, I don't know if flaunt is the right word, but basically, like, flaunt my flaws. Say, I love all this. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and that, that was not only good, but to be celebrated. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting to stop fearing food, to stop fearing my body, to build a level of trust in my body that... Um, nourishing it was healthy and um, that I didn't have to feel afraid of eating which was yeah. something that was very um, difficult for me before because we have we live in this diet culture and so um, it was a whole different paradigm to realize 
no, it's actually like really, really important for me to be um, feeding myself and a lot. I know we've both worked with the same trainer. Yes. And we've both had Mine's to... for power lifting, but mine was the age, right? Because Joe and I were the oldest power lifters in the competition. And so, yes, I could let my age bother me and not do something that I really enjoy and really love or say, you know, my ability is not as great as all the mm -hmm. other competitors. So I'm, I'm putting my self-worth into comparing someone else or, you know, saying they're better. It, it, it's not better or worse or anything. It's just I'm competing with myself. I want to be, mm -hmm. I want to feel stronger and better. And so that's what I did for myself. So it's kind of cool that we both have the same trainer, right. but we both had different goals. Yeah. And like, I think we both had the same experience that like, we started working with her and immediately she gave us more food. I know more food. <laughs> like you couldn't eat enough. No. <laughs> I was like, there were times I was tired of eating, which you never thought you would get to. Right. But. So it was just a whole rewind of this whole perception of like being less being smaller being you know all of the the uh, pressure that we have on us to be a certain way so it was very interesting to let those things go and um, really develop a whole new sense of who I was and who I wanted to be and what my goals were because the goal wasn't to be smaller the goal mm -hmm. was to be stronger mm -hmm. and uh, that felt very very good and empowering for me but all of that to say like that's my experience in like stretching that um, self-love practice and it's gonna look different for everybody and that was only one area that was strictly body um, some other things that have really helped me even more profoundly than my relationship with like body image is um, really getting honest with myself about what someone who loves themselves does so a question mm -hmm. a key question that I will ask myself is what would a woman do who loves herself and that is a very key question in relationships or jobs or any kind of communication with people and radical honesty in that can be so tough it I remember is super tough. <laughs> yeah I remember looking in the mirror and realizing that um, I could not claim to love myself and stay in the relationship that I was in mm -hmm. that was a very tough sobering moment um, I remember looking myself in the mirror and saying you know I couldn't allow uh, the derogatory comments or the demeaning comments and claim to love myself I couldn't stay in the job I was in um, where I was settling and claim to love myself so because you're not living in integrity no or authenticity you're, you know that you're wrestling with yourself every day with the decisions that you're making and it doesn't feel good mm -hmm. so those moments of honesty um, to me those were very clarifying and decisive moments in self-love and I had the decision at that point to either betray myself which would have been staying in the relationship, staying in the job, allowing the mistreatment, whatever the thing is, I could betray myself and that would betray my self-love and that would betray my self-worth. Or I could step into my self-worth, which would mean the really difficult things, setting boundaries, speaking my truth, being willing to walk away from jobs, people, whatever, that challenged that my self-worth, yeah. right, that didn't honor me. And um, I realized I could not hold both. I could not say I love myself 
and I'm betraying myself. They don't jive. They don't nope. work. So um, self-love, you cannot just feel your way into it. You <laughs> cannot just say, I'm going to betray myself in all these areas and actions and then just feel loving towards myself. It doesn't work. The actions have to be there. You must stop betraying yourself if you are going to love yourself. I was just gonna say from listening to that particular part, that is an action, right? Mm -hmm. Look and see where you're out of alignment. Just actually sit down and write, yes. write some things down. That's a practice that you can do. Am I in integrity? In, in these areas of my life? Mm -hmm. Am I being, you know, am I in, in alignment in my work? As a mom, as a, whatever the things that I'm doing, I can actually just look if my actions are meeting my words. And, and I love the question, what, it, what would a woman that loves herself do? Yeah. And it, it's just, it's just one of those things at the end of the day, you can check in with yourself. How did my actions match my words? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one of the, like, the most profound questions for me. What would a woman do who loves herself? Because it takes me out of my old identity because we all have um, old programming, right? We have programming where it's been a pattern that we've betrayed ourselves or we haven't had self-worth. And so in order to step out of that, then we have to create something new. So for me, if I could envision what does a woman do who loves herself and I'm like picturing this woman, um, that's, that's my future self, right? That's the person I want to be is the woman that loves herself. I want to love myself. So it kind of creates a whole different construct and helps me think of new ways to be and do. Um, the other thing that I really like is um, envisioning the goddess. Mm. For me, and, and everybody's imagery can be different, but for me, I love thinking of a goddess on a throne, right? I love this one too. <laughs> and, and she's me. But she is, um, yeah, yeah, she's royal. And um, very often what happens is we get caught up in thinking that boundaries are mean, speaking our truth is mean, being self-loving is mean. Um, we get caught up in that. But when I envision that goddess, I think of her on that throne. She does not apologize. She does not care if if somebody disrespects her, they're out of there. And, and she doesn't give two thoughts like, it's just not allowed. It's just not acceptable. It doesn't mean that she's mean or rude or not loving and not kind. She's kind. She's all those things. But she also has standards, really high standards to be in her presence. Not anybody is allowed in her presence. Only people that will treat her as the goddess that she is. And so when I think of that goddess and me being that goddess, it allows me to really think of boundaries differently and speaking my truth differently. They're not mean or unkind. You know, I can also envision a small child crawling up in that goddess's lap and she's kind to them and she's loving and she's nurturing, but she is also, she is also royalty and no one forgets it. So, um, that's very helpful in like confronting what I call the good girl identity and the good girl identity is more interested in uh, reputation and image and not disappointing sure, anybody, upsetting yeah, anyone, making yeah. sure that she accommodates to everybody else's needs. She's um, not, she's very afraid of being perceived as selfish. So when I think of that good girl, that's where I'm coming from. 
that's uh, the conditioning that is just really prevalent in our um, in our upbringing in our culture and so that's what I grew up with and now I am gravitating towards this this goddess identity so the more I can keep her in my mind um, and when I think of her like self-worth is not even a, a second thought there's no. there's no doubt there she just embodies self-worth and self-love and it's that's, a clear picture mm -hmm. but her actions are always 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 consistent she doesn't ever betray herself and that is the clear picture that i want to paint when i when i think about what would what would a goddess do in this situation it's very different than what the nice girl or the good girl mm -hmm. would do in this situation so um that's that's my practice of self-worth that's the daily practice for me it's radical honesty identifying where i'm betraying myself mm -hmm. um envisioning the goddess would she do something different what would a woman do who loves herself like those are all of the the tools for me that are very very useful and helpful in in that practice um, you mentioned some mirror work. Are mm -hmm. there some other things too that are helpful? Again, the writing for me or just a daily check-in with myself because I do something similar is am I aligned with what I, who I say I am? Because mm -hmm. honesty, integrity in living my life, my most authentic life, that's where happiness comes from is and joy because you're living from this space of, of, um, being kind to yourself as as well as being honoring to yourself and those all feel super good and the other part I wanted to um, address was that also is a leadership too what we're doing when we honor ourselves we're showing others how that could look and how that can feel and I, I you know I thought of that when that little child was coming up into her lap, right? Mm -hmm. That child or a grown-up is honoring that regalness, but it also says, oh, maybe I could raise my standard just a little bit more. And, and I love the envisioning. To me, envisioning is, it's just like the athletes, right? The athletes have this vision of crossing the finish line or winning the gold medal. And, and that's what they hold to get to the end, to get to that thing that they, they wanted. Um, and just using my reference about the weightlifting or the powerlifting, when I did the powerlifting and I got up front and I was like, yeah, I did it. Then people are there with you and they're cheering you on because those are your people. The ones that are asking you to get plastic surgery and all the things or you have to meet this social protocol or that thing, they're really not the ones that are your people. So. Yeah, and they're usually benefiting from you getting Yes, <laughs> usually. <laughs> I got this new thing for losing weight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, we've made a, a big industry on self-doubt. Uh, self-doubt, self yeah. yes. Um, yeah, I think, you know, another thing came up as you were talking, and that is just the importance of having people in your corner. Mm. And... Um, so the more people I have around me that acknowledge that I'm a goddess and uh, give me that recognition or, or respect, um, the more I believe it. Well, in those moments when we're more human than goddess, because <laughs> those days happen, we're all human, it's nice to have that cheerleader or the support, someone to go to to say, 
not really feeling like a goddess today mm -hmm. and they cheer you on and they go but these are the reasons I feel you're a goddess and and they help you remember they help you remember they help you remember <laughs> your royalty mm -hmm. and you know the more that you're in that space too the more you help everybody else around you own that space so when I um, when I'm very clear about my own royalty and my own standards, it's much easier for me to look at other women and other people who I can say, don't you settle for that. Like, mm -hmm. you're a fucking goddess. Own it. Like, you don't need to settle. And so when I'm in, that's what people get to hear is they often think it's unkind to be in that space. It's not unkind. It's one of the kindest things you can do because you empower so many other people to also hold that space and to not settle. So I think the people that you have in your space are incredibly important. Um, so raise your standards unapologetically, raise your standards, um, about the, you know, the people that you're sharing space with. It's, um, it's so, empowering to be around people who are um, in your corner, who are rooting for you, who see you, um, who aren't telling you your standards are unrealistic or that, that you need to change them or... Hello, um, Veronica. Yeah, should we check in with all of our uh -huh. people here? Hi, Veronica. I saw, I think I saw Krista. Amra. Thank you all for being here. Hi, Krista. Yeah, good morning. So good to see you all. Does anybody have any questions about how to practice self-worth? Um, I'd love to know, like, if people struggle with the how, you know, how do we do this? Because it is something that I think a lot of us look at and we're like, I, I want that. I want to love myself. I want to be free of my, um, my thoughts of self-deprecation we are often our worst critic and we know this but very often we don't know how to change it so there's a couple or you can tap type in what your thoughts are what are some things that you might some do things that work for you yeah some of the things that build your self-worth yeah so those are the things that have really um, really helped me as really getting honest about what my actions are because it's not just a feeling um, other thoughts around self-worth. Mm. Yeah, actions, boundaries, um, where where are your leaks, where are your holes, where are you settling, uh, where, where are you giving comparing? away your power. Oh, pow yeah, comparison. <laughs> comparing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, that all goes back to that not good enough, um, right. I have to Self achieve. Yes, um, achieve or abilities. Or... That's, that's actually a really good uh, piece is the um, the comparison or achievement, which for be me yourself. that was that was huge. I was trying to be more valuable through achieving. So if I thought that if I helped enough people and if I achieved enough things, got then, enough certificates. <laughs> yep, you know, yeah, all, of, all yeah, the, the degrees and all the things, um, then I would be good enough. And it's such a um, <laughs> Such a letdown. It's a it's, fake. It's just a treadmill. <laughs> it is because a treadmill. there's always the next achievement. You never actually feel good enough. Or you never do enough. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it really is leaning into who I am now and allowing that to be good enough. And um, accepting all the things. Nobody else can validate. So what I thought was if I went to school and I got a degree, then like they were basically telling me that my gifts were valid. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't need that. I was born with the gifts that I was given. You were born with the gifts and talents that are totally unique to you. No college can give them to you. So that was a really big piece for me. I was willing to give up lots of time and effort and money in order for somebody else to tell me that my gifts were good enough. And the reality is I just needed to believe that my gifts were good enough. And I, my gifts are very powerful and I have a huge purpose on this planet when I step into that, the same as you do. You don't have to wait for somebody to give you acknowledgement. You can give yourself that acknowledgement right now. There's no waiting necessary. Um, my man would remind me that I don't have to rate everything. Um, so self-love is not transitional either. It must be unconditional. Yeah, absolutely. I Loving myself is not something that I have to, um, you know, when I do X, Y, Z, then I will love myself. That's super, super <laughs> key. Uh, it's not something that you will ever be able to achieve um, because there will always be the next thing. There's always going to be the next thing that you got to fix. So self-love is not about fixing um it's, it's about being. It's about accepting yourself exactly the way you are and loving yourself for that. And I would encourage you to, the more that you can think of someone else that you love and appreciate and the flaws, but I bet you can look at the flaws that you see as something that's like really endearing and it yes. makes them who they are and you wouldn't want them to be without those things. So if you can see that in someone else, then you're more likely to be able to see that in yourself. Um, I just had another thought and lost it. <laughs> um, anyway, it'll come back. What a great conversation. I know. There's no one else like you nowhere at all. Nope, we are all absolutely unique. Um, there's absolutely no one like you. And we've kind of grown accustomed to putting people in cookie cutter boxes, right? And we define ourselves by the letters behind our name or our titles. And um, the reality is you're not defined by a serial number. <laughs> or anything. Yeah. Um, you're not just a number. There will never ever be someone on the planet just like you that exists and you came to this planet with a very specific purpose and reason. So it's time to own it, it and stop it comparing yourself to everybody else's gifts. Love this one. Yeah. Okay, one more comment. And then practice non-judgment. Not everything has to be good or bad. Some things are and you don't have to judge for one day or uh one day or one hour, try not to judge or put it in the scale. Yeah. Um, yeah, non-judgment is, is certainly important. Oh, I remember my thought now. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, so thinking of our past selves, right? Oh, the, yeah. the selves that have been uh, self-betraying, right? That's, that is often really hard to look back and see, you know, I did allow someone to mistreat me or talk down to me, or I did accept the job for years that wasn't honoring to me. Um, those can be really hard to, uh, sit with. That can be really difficult, um, to look at our past selves without judgment. And what I want you all to hear is that 
you can't be here where you are now with the awareness you have without having been the person you were before. That, those were all learning lessons. Not only should you forgive yourself, but celebrate, celebrate exactly. that past self because that past self chose the lessons that were hard, chose to walk up the fucking mountain, right? Whether it was codependency or it was, you know, selling yourself short, self-hatred, all the things that we've done, right? That you chose that path so that you could heal yourself and so that you could have the clarity and awareness that you have today so that you can have your own back and you can be that goddess. Because I guarantee you, without that friction before, you wouldn't even be... You wouldn't have a thought about it. <laughs> you wouldn't be thinking about the goddess or how is she different from the good girl or how to love yourself better because you wouldn't have ever just had be on that, that wheel, right? <laughs> you, you wouldn't have had that um, confrontation. Those, um, those are the things, the conflicts that help us grow and expand. And your past self was willing to face those things. Your past self was willing to be honest, to take on the challenges. So she deserves nothing but your celebration and gratitude. Exactly. So if you're tempted to pass that judgment along to your past self, stop yourself and remember to be easy on her and to give her some forgiveness and grace because she got you where you are today. She brought you clarity. She did. <laughs> she did. And she really empowered you today to be able to love yourself. So anyway, which ripples out to others. <laughs> yes, it does. You cannot love anyone else more than you love yourself. So start there. And, uh, you know, the little tagline that we like to say, what honors you honors everyone. Don't ever forget that. So with that, um, we'll go ahead and wrap up. This has been an excellent conversation. Thank you guys for participating. And uh, we are looking forward to another week with you. Yes. Please uh, feel free to send us any questions or comments. If you have a topic request, we'd love to hear it. And uh, if you disagreed with something or you need us to go into clarifying a little bit more, we'd be happy to do so. You can contact me at defytheaverage at gmail.com or you can contact Marie. Marie at mariesgold.com. We look forward to it. We love interacting with you. So yeah, send us a message. Yeah, please do. And with that- Hi, um, Michelle. <laughs> yeah, hi everybody. Thank you all for being here. Um, oh, and again, you can find us on our Facebook group and you can join in discussions there or start conversations. Uh, and you can find all of our past episodes as well. That's facebook.com slash groups slash Braveheart Conversations. And with that, we will see you all again next week. I hope you all have a fabulous week. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye.